Hello. Hello there, and welcome to the 1313 Podcast. Welcome back, all you rags and all you shinies. Welcome to the podcast. This is the most mediocre podcast in the Star Wars universe. I'm Tommy. I'm Jacob. And I've never done the intro probably for like four months, so that felt very unnatural to me. I know. I was watching it, and I can tell you, it's just kind of like... Uh. I was like, is he going to jump in? Is he going to... Uh, but yes, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the lovely podcast. Mm -hmm. If you are not yet subscribed to the 1313 podcast, make sure that you do so, because when we hit 500 subscribers, which we are now rapidly approaching, you will get entered into our giveaway which uh, gives you the option of winning one of these two figures, the Walgreens exclusive 212th Battalion Clone Trooper figure or the Walmart exclusive Bad Batch Captain Rex figure. Either of these figures can be yours if you just yes, subscribe yes. and you got to probably follow us on Instagram because that's where we're going to be announcing how to get these figures. True that. How we're going to be doing it. True that. We might do a wheel of death. That might be fun. Yes. But also follow us on social media. Links to Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok will be in the description below. You can get those hot links and you can just jump right to our social media and follow us there mm -hmm. also if you are feeling so inclined please support us on patreon because every month if you are in our gungan boss tier which is our highest level we do a figure giveaway at the first day of every single month the uh august 1st we'll be giving away the umbra operative arc trooper Ooh, from battlefront it's a good giveaway it's a good it's a really good giveaway. I, I have not seen any swinging on the pegs i haven't at either. all so if you haven't gotten this figure yet and you really want it uh, make sure that you support us on Patreon. We have three GameStops in our area, and I have yet to see a single Arc mm. Trooper We have anywhere. four, actually, in our area. True. Yeah, we do have four. But yeah, again... One's just far, and we don't check it. Yeah. But um, yeah, if you want to enter in and get this figure, you can enter in at any time, just before August 1st. Yep. Um, also, if you haven't already, which I am very surprised if you haven't already, the newest show to the 1313 Entourage has gone up. At the beginning of this week, yes, this Monday. Yes, yes. Tika's Trading Post. Tika's Trading Post is our new show where we have moved all of our product reveals and all of our product talk to a separate short-form video for all of you collectors out there who don't feel like sitting and listening to us talk about awesome Star Wars stuff. Because mm -hmm. you're lame. If you just want the product talk, then you have a video dedicated for you now. Um, and I really, I'm really, really glad to see the positive. It, it got some really, really good feedback. It, yeah. it performed really well, so I'm really happy about that. It um, makes me happy because I spent so dang long editing that video. It, it was, and it was very well done. And mm -hmm. uh, yes, and then also consider joining our Discord mm -hmm. because our Discord is a place where you get to interact with other Star Wars collectors, fans, nerds, everyone in between. And uh, okay, now with all that out of the way, welcome to the podcast. Let's talk some Star Wars. Jacob, I have I have I've produced a Would You Rather for us today. Really? Yes. So. Would you rather serve under Pong Krell or serve under Darth Vader? Oh. <laughs> we feeling morbid today. Hmm. For those of you who are not um, very big Star Wars fans, because I know there are those of you out there, shout out to my uncle who listens to the podcast. Um, Pong Krell is a uh, Jedi general from the Star Wars The Clone Wars TV show, and um, there's a, a story arc there that spans across four episodes. Basically, where he blatantly disregards the lives of all of his soldiers. Yes, and then it ends up coming out that he is uh, a, bad guy. a turncoat from the Jedi Order, mm -hmm. and he's like pitting the clones against each other to kill each other. Mm -hmm. So would you rather serve under Pong Krell, who has the highest casualties out of every Jedi general, or would you rather serve under Darth Vader, where the chances of getting choked to death are very, very high? I'm going to say serve under Darth Vader. Because... Okay, because here's the thing. We see Pong Krell literally deliberately 
tried to kill his men. At least if you if you don't mess up around Darth Vader, you're good. If you keep your head down and you don't mess up, that's tough. Then, then you're fine. But Pong Crow, you're gonna die either way because he wants you dead. I I'm Look, I'm gonna. He thinks of you as a lesser being. I'm gonna say I'd rather pick Pong Crow because Darth Vader, if he's mad and 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 I'm just there, I might get choked out. But at least with Pong Krell, I'm going into the battlefield, and I'll, although the odds are like severely against me, I know that if I perform well enough, that I won't die. So there's that. You never know, Tom. You never know. But yeah, I'm gonna go Pong Krell. I'm gonna go Darth Vader. Okay, and if you have your opinion, share it with us in the comments below, and mm -hmm. we will tell you if you're right or wrong. Pong mm -hmm. Krell is right. Darth Vader's wrong. You're stupid. Anyways, you got um, it on your shirt, dog. Oh yeah, I do have Darth Vader on my shirt, mm -hmm. and I'm wearing that nice 1313 merch. The 1313 merch, which look out may or may not soon. return at some point. Yeah, look out for some more soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Depends if we get samples in. It was a headache the first time around. Mm -hmm. But anyways, uh, let's get into some Star Wars news and rumors, shall we? Yes. Okay, first and foremost, Jacob and I just watched this before we started recording. Um, Star Wars released either last night or this morning. Like a little uh, teaser. A new little teaser trailer for Andor. We got some new shots, a lot of reused, rehashed stuff from mm -hmm. the first trailer that we saw at Celebration. But we did get some new stuff here, including a, a few shots on Coruscant. I'm very excited to see Coruscant in this yes. show, which also leads me to believe that Mon Mothma will be playing a much more pivotal role in this show than I first thought. Mm -hmm. All I'm going to say is, if there's no Clone Wars flashbacks on Coruscant in this show, I'm going to commit grand arson. <laughs> if I don't see Clone Commander Fox or Clone Commander Thire on the show, I'm losing my marbles. But there are... It would be cool to see Darth Vader maybe once, but I don't think it's going to happen mm. because he gets his cameo in Rogue One. Yeah, this is also from the creators of Rogue One, which is good mm. because now we have that cohesiveness yep. between Rogue One and Andor. And I think it's good. We don't have a uh, sequel trilogy kind of mixed up where you hand it off to different directors and then there's different continuity errors. Different perspectives, different agendas on what every director wants to do. Mm. Um, so we're keeping it with one guy and I'm very, very happy that they're doing it. Yes. They learned... <laughs> Isn't this awesome, guys? They learn they learn from their mistakes. And now they're going to be better going forward. Woo! But yeah, we got some awesome shots. I, I think that the show is going to be um, very exciting. Mm -hmm. uh, I, again, I am excited to see. It's it's almost like uh, every character, it's very stressful. Like, it's going to be very stressful. Mon Mothma has to keep a low profile in the Imperial Senate while also being one of the, the heads of the Rebel Alliance. Um which also we kind of see with Bail Organa as well. Mm -hmm. uh, he took a big risk traveling to Tatooine in the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. I wonder um, if we're going to get any overlap between Andor and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm, no. No, because this is eight up. years after Yeah, that's right. Obi -Wan oh, Kenobi. I well, no, the, so the first couple episodes are supposed to take place about five years after Obi-Wan Kenobi. Okay. What if we get to see, because we know that Leia is part of the Imperial Senate. What if we get to see some older Leia now. Like like a teenage Leia? Well, she is a teenager in The New Hope. She's like 18 or 19. Well, we Hope. see like early. Yeah, early that'd be years. interesting. That'd be cool. Interesting. But Leia I there. want the show to focus on on Cassian. That's what, that was something that, you know, a lot of these shows, and, and it's Star Wars, so I really don't care if it was another franchise, maybe I would. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of these shows, it's named after a character, 
And then there are like episodes and sequences that have nothing to do with that character. Mm-hmm. Like the Book of Boba Fett, like Obi-Wan Kenobi. So but you also have to remember that Star Wars has always told two stories simultaneously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what they're going to continue to do. So, yeah. But uh, at the end of the day, though, I'm not uh, I wouldn't be upset if we saw stuff like that. But I do want to see uh, more story from Cassian because I do love his character and I want to see I want to see how he meets K2 because mm-hmm. I know that he doesn't start off in the show with K2. Mm-hmm. He starts off with B2 Emo. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm assuming, but... We'll have to see, because we did get that little Comic-Con figure. Yes, and then we did get that shot again of the uh, Cassian Andor with the, the clone troopers, mm-hmm. who I'm going to say, I'm going to go out and say they're not actually clones. I'm going to say they're getting, people in clone trooper armor. I think I think we're going to get misled, and it's not going to be either. I think it's going to be like a Marvel situation that they have something in the trailer to build hype, and it's not going to be real. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but then I think that's going to make people mad, but it'd be acceptable if, like, what if it was, like, phase one purge troopers, and it was, like, a misdirect because they didn't want to show it off too early. Maybe, maybe. Because we see it with Marvel all the time, so. Perhaps. We'll see. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, there's there's not much I know about the show, and I, li- I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. I don't have much of an expectation going in. Um, whereas, I literally like, have no expectations. Whereas, like, the last show that we just came off of with Obi-Wan, the, the hype led to astronomical expectations. So I'm excited for a show that really I don't have much going into it, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, it's going to be good. I hope it's really good. Mm-hmm. Additionally... Let's talk about uh, the. We got, we got a little bit of a, a of a leak. I would say a leak. I would say a leak. So there was a in Spanish. There was this poster. It was uh, found You'll by. Be seeing it on the screen right now. Yes, found by some bored boy, on Reddit. At least Reddit. that's who we found in the Star Wars leak subreddit. Yes, but it shows uh, a list of the different Star Wars shows that are kind of coming out already and out. are already out. But under the one for Book of Boba, we see one that shows season two, uh, and it says uh, "Muy pronto." next to it which means coming soon so so perhaps there will be a season two for the book of boba fett which i did not see coming neither did I. and i'm very excited about it mm-hmm. i have like my, my gears are already turning as to what i want to see in this second mm-hmm. season i i think that it's going to be absolutely i don't crazy. think we're going to get any sort of showing off of it though until the mandalorian is pretty much over or if they want they could show it off at comic-con i hope it um we get some some Boba Fett like action in this show. I, I hope that in the second season we get some more sequences of Boba Fett absolutely knocking some skulls together. I think we will because we had we now know where Boba Fett is as a person now. So we had all that character building through season one. Now when season two hits, these heads will roll. So who would Boba Fett fight at this point? Crimson Dawn? Darth Maul. Because the Pikes are part of Crimson Dawn. Darth Maul to... comes back again. Oh, and he has spider chest and spider legs now. <laughs> Is it a Spider-Man suit? It's just a spider. <laughs> Spider-Man. Do a flip. Um, I think uh, I think that would be a good, good buildup. I mean, to our knowledge, Crimson Dawn has not dissolved after Darth Maul's death. And we know... Dread and Voss is dead, so Kira would be the one leading it. So oh, get some, and then we could get Han Solo. I wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't be mad either. Because, oh, how cool would it be if we got to see vicariously through these stories, the stories of the OTs that we always wanted to see? What if we get some like 
Because we know the Ahsoka show is going to have Thrawn in it. What if we get some Heir to the Empire ties in it with Luke and Han and they're younger and it would look really cool. And it kind of somewhat builds up the Heir to the Empire books and makes that kind of part of the story even though we never really got to see it. That'd be pretty dope. I would like that. That'd be pretty epic. I would love that. That'd be sick, Dave actually. Filoni, if you're watching this, please let me write your stories. John Favreau. John Favreau. Please. Literally. Please. Okay. So... Uh, side note, I'm I'm gonna be going to the school that uh John Fe- not John Fe- Dave, Filoni. Dave Filoni went to, and yep. I, I'm I'm changing my career paths. I want to do cinema. I want to do film. So that's what I'm gonna be doing. But I have an extra Trapper Wolf figure that I'm literally gonna keep on me at all times, just in case for any reason whatsoever. Because I know he was on their hockey team, and sometimes he goes back and plays the alumni hockey games. Yeah. So if I ever hear anything like that, it'll be like. Please, please sign it. Please. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> that'd be pretty cool. That'd be dude. that'd be funny. But yeah, so the, this poster had all a list of all the different shows, and then there was like uh, the the Book of Boba Fett season two. So I hope that happens. Yes. I hope that's not just a misleading post. It didn't. It looked legit. Um, yeah. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. But we we've been misled before. We have. We have. That's why it's a rumor, and not fact. Not fact. I hope it's fact. Speaking of fact, we do have, uh, there was a most, most recently on TikTok, we did get to see, um, a leaked footage of the full length of the Ahsoka show trailer. Yeah. Um, that was shown at the closed panel at Star Wars Celebration. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope they make all that stuff public at Comic-Con. Uh, I would like to see it happen as well. I don't know why they didn't release it publicly. Be- because they want to make the people at Celebration feel special as to why they got into their panels. No one cares. You're not special. You're not. That show me the trailer. Well, it's all the people that spent all the money to go. And you spent the, you spent the money because you love Star Wars, not because you got to see super secret special trailers. Yeah, well, it's a perk of going to celebration. Stupid, wrong, whatever. It's fine. Um, but yeah, so the the Ahsoka trailer, um, we got to see Hera, we got to see Sabine, um, not their faces, only uh, over the shoulder shots. Probably because they had tracking beads on their face, <laughs> something like that. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to see both of those characters in live action. I'm glad that this storyline is going to follow Rebels. Uh, Rebels, and I have a feeling that we're going to get um, some flashbacks with Ahsoka as well, because there's a lot of story with Ahsoka that we do need to fill in holes for. Mm-hmm. We do need to figure out everything between uh, her surviving her fight with Vader and where we get to the Ahsoka show. We need to figure out uh, still, which we will see some of this in Tales of the Jedi, uh, Ahsoka immediately after season seven of the Clone Wars up until we see her in Rebels, mm-hmm. which is another like almost 15 years or something. Um, so there's a lot of Ahsoka's story that we do need to see still. And I hope that this show um, brings us some of that. I really, okay. I know we, I feel like, we talk way too much about needing flashbacks and shows, but oh my gosh, if I could get just if I could get a single frame of live action Ahsoka next to live next to Hayden Christensen, then I, I can die a happy man. They could like they could show me that picture and then go, You have terminal brain cancer. I'd be like, I that was my make a wish. <laughs> I, I think I would rather see Anakin not in a flashback. I'd rather see his force ghost talking to Ahsoka. I think that would be more emotionally impactful to me. I never even thought of that, but now I need Imagine it. <laughs> Ahsoka is is uh, post-Return of the Jedi. She's doing something, whatever, struggle, whatever, 
and Anakin appears and starts talking to her. Maybe she's meditating or something and Anakin appears to her. I need that. I need that. I desire that. I think that would have to, I think that would have to happen like post the events of the Mandalorian because Mm -hmm. the way that she interacts with Luke and the way that she talks to uh, Din about um, Grogu and about Anakin in the Mandalorian, it seems like there's still some unfinished character development there. Mm -hmm. She still hasn't gotten over the trauma of that, Mm -hmm. of knowing that Anakin was Darth Vader. Mm -hmm. But I I think, though, by the time of the Book of Boba Fett that she knows that he redeemed himself, I would imagine that Luke Skywalker told Ahsoka that her old master did redeem himself in the end. Yeah. Yeah. I um... Only for Palpatine to come back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I L take the L. I find it so funny that um after Kenobi, I was like I I wouldn't say I was a Darth Vader stan, but I definitely was like I like Darth Vader a lot more as a character. Yeah. And through that, I have just Anakin has become in my top three favorite characters once more. Like crowning it just because it's like yeah. i was super hyper focused on it. i started watching the clone wars again i just ordered that sideshow i'm like okay yeah i didn't know how much i needed this until I, it was given to me and against cool character he he really is and i think the reason why he kind of just moved to the back of my mind is because i was like clone wars is over we don't really we're never gonna see him again i'm like it's over it's like I can hold on to him as a favorite character, but I want to push him to the side because there's going to be new characters for me to obsess over while their products are still available. Yeah. Um, but now with Kenobi, he's kind of brought back to the forefront. Well, you know, Kenobi mind. was all filler, though. So. I wouldn't say it was filler. I would say it was fluff. Filler. The whole show was filler. Mm-hmm. Like that one guy that you talked to at work. Uh, I, I had a gentleman come in at work and he had the strangest Star Wars opinions because he loved the last jedi but that's like hated, okay that's cool i hated kenobi and said all of it was filler and that there was basically he was saying he just wanted to see the fight between obi-wan and vader and he didn't want anything else so i was just, such a weird opinion that's it, such like a he said that and then he was saying more Th- thor love and thunder sucked and that it wasn't good it was too i haven't silly. seen thor love and thunder i, I really i've seen that. it three times now and i've i really like it it's like it it's the combination of the thor that we've that we've kind of been building up to throughout all the movies, seeing kind of like the silly side. It's Taika Waititi's kind of like comedy, comedy, ridiculousness. It's, it's absurdly gory. Like when you like really look at it, cause okay, this is not really spoiler, but at one point, uh, they're at this place and they're fighting these people that are kind of like bodyguards to the gods and they bleed gold blood all the gods do and they're just slashing throats and blood is going everywhere but it's like gold confetti so it doesn't matter but it's like absolutely everywhere when you think about it i'm like oh my gosh this is like the goriest scene that we've had in in marvel but it's just kind of silly the entire time also that my only gripe about that movie was that christian bale was criminally underused he i needed him to be in that movie well it's okay because christian bale is going to be star killer so i i hope that's true i i don't know i I don't think it's going to be true it's going to be true because uh, that's that's, he's too big of an actor to like let that go under the radar like that and mm -hmm. of all characters star killer i know one well because i think he could do it i I think he could do it but the one thing that leads me to think that he that he's not going to is because when he was talking about doing gore, he was like, I was really concerned about the physicality of the character because I was looking at the stuff and he was like really buff. He was like, I don't think I can get into that because Christian Bale is going on like almost 50. 
So like he's like, I don't think I can get into that physicality anymore for a character like that. Sam so, Witwer's pretty buff. And he's still buff. And he was Starkiller in the original game. I think I just think Sam Witwer would be a better choice. Not acting ability wise, but because he knows the character better than anybody else. But then again, I've been wrong before because I wasn't happy when I found out that Rosario Dawson was going to be the live action Ahsoka and she did a fantastic job. She did really, really good. So I, I guess at the end of the day, I, I'm I also, okay with it. The more I look at it, I love Ashley Eckstein with all my heart. I don't think she would have made a good live action Ahsoka. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. I, I think that maybe if you really wanted to stay true to the character, you could have made her be the voice and then have Rosario Dawson be the physical body. But that but that's so weird. difficult. Yeah. So difficult to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but um, I think that yeah, it was just a better choice to have Rosario mm-hmm. be Ahsoka. Did and I she mention... does, and she does great. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Did I ever mention on the show that it came out that Darth Vader's voice in Kenobi was a vocalizer and not James Earl Jones? You told me, but not on the show. I was. I f- I had heard that weeks ago. I was pretty upset about that. I'm not upset about that because we couldn't tell at all i well i was just i was sad because i like the idea of james earl jones but i'm also not upset because now i know that forever now they could do uh we can forever vader can be in live action forever and and the thing is though is that you have to realize james earl jones is 91 he uh, he, he's not gonna be kicking for too much you were warned what defeat would bring i i am very sad that he's kind of like this is kind of his retirement, if we're yeah, being honest. Yeah, but yeah. But he's lived a good long life. He's done a lot of work. He has. Um, he's brought one of the mo- probably the most infinite villain in cinema. Period. Um, so infamous. Yeah. He's an infinite. Well, he yeah. is infinite now because his voice lives on forever. Yeah. So, um, I'm just glad that they can do things forever with him now. Facts. Me too. But Jacob. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about... It kind of leads us into our into our main discussion. It does, it does. So uh, we've been doing our little retrospective series that we're starting up mm-hmm. as we're waiting for Andor to begin. And uh, this time around... We're talking about... We're going to talk about... Where it all began. Where it all began. We're going to talk about... On my shirt right here. Star Wars. Later titled Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, this is the one that started it all. There's a lot to say. I know quite a bit about this movie. It is my favorite Star Wars movie out of all the Star Wars movies. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's ever going to be dethroned. Um, but here we are. Until the Darth Vader movie comes out, and then it's the Darth Vader movie. It's basically dead. Yeah, right. They would like they would do a Darth Vader movie. Anyways, um, but yeah, let's uh, let's get into it. I, I'm I'm interested to hear some of your thoughts because I know this one sits a little bit lower on your list mm-hmm. than mine. So. The only reason, because I do love this movie, the only reason why it sits lower is because compared to the rest of them, like in comparison, it's a little bit boring. I mean, that's true. Yeah, but, but it's also the pacing of a 70s movie. Yeah, but it's also amazing. So let's get right into Star it. Star Wars is, you know, let's, I want to talk more about A New Hope itself rather than talk about how A New Hope revolutionized filmmaking, you know, like to start. Because I know you, like, I know, I know you want to talk say, about. Dang, that was all I was going to. I know about. you <laughs> want to talk about the filmmaking aspect. I want to get into the way that this movie had so many little bits that just built into all these different stories and just planted the seed that just grew immediately, grew these roots that would not 
blossom until decades later. Mm -hmm. And even still, there are still parts that we still have yet to see. Mm -hmm. And I just want to... um, First thing I want to get into is I think the best acting performance in the movie came from Sir Alec Guinness as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Okay. I think that the way that he was able to bring to life a character that we know nothing about and make it seem like he had a real backstory and real things that he had real traumatic events that he had dealt with and was still coming to grips with 20 years after they had happened in the timeline Mm -hmm. that we as the viewer know nothing about Mm -hmm. and that he knew nothing about only George knew all this stuff. And so I think that to me, that's just something that is, is so profound. The way that he was able, when he's talking to Luke about his father, when he is talking about the Clone Wars, when he's talking about um, meeting Darth Vader before, you know, mm-hmm. like, again, like none of this had happened in, in on screen yet, or even like it was all in George Lucas's head and on paper somewhere. But none of this was going to happen for another 20 years or mm-hmm. 40 years, you know, and, and I think that this... It's, it's just amazing how he was able to make it so believable. And now when I watch those scenes where he talks about the Clone Wars, where he talks about Vader or Anakin and uh, how profound it is. And, and I'm like, man, this is it's really it's it's so believable that you would think that the movies actually did come out one through nine. Mm-hmm. You know, like this, this is a perfect way. And I, I always like stories that start in the middle anyway. So I think it was really good that they started with a new hope in the timeline, you know, cause it's right in the middle of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that's my little spiel about, I love Sir Alec Guinness and I, and even though he did not like star Wars, um, I think that he really put his heart into the role. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm very happy that he was the one who portrayed Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm-hmm. And although he no longer also doesn't like star Wars, my favorite in this movie is Han Solo, Harrison Ford. Han Solo was also one of my favorite star Wars characters. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's so he's, he's something else. I always thought he was, cause he's like the gunslinging bad boy, but space. I thought he was so cool until McClunky came out a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and then he's, nope, <laughs> I think. I that shot is literally they just took his head and they scooted it. There's let's like, talk about let's talk about how bad the scene is though, where he walks over Jabba's tail in the special edition. That thing is laughably bad. That is like, it's <laughs> so jarring to watch. It was well, such an unnecessary scene. It makes sense. I get it because you're you're establishing Jabba as a villain for the trilogy. And it also, because it, Jabba was a dude in, when they were originally shooting He was it. just a fat guy. That's oh. what he was, yeah. Was that what he was in like the original cut of the... the in the original movie, Jabba was a guy and he was like really rotund and he had like this big brown fur coat on like vest coat. That must've really not made sense when episode six came out. And, uh, they cut it from the movie. Oh, because, oh yeah. he was never in the movie. They cut it from the movie. They, it was like an unused scene. Oh, and that's the scene that they used, um, when they put Jabba in there and they had Han, cause Han Solo in the first, in the original scene, he's walking, he's like walking around and Boba Fett's not in it either. Yeah. I know. They added in Boba Fett, but, um, Han Solo walks behind Jabba, the human Jabba. Yeah. When in that scene, that's why they had to have him walk over Jabba's tail. Yeah. Because... And the only reason why it looks so weird is because to make it look like he's walking up and over, but really he has a, it's a static shot of him walking around. So not only did they have to fill in this part of his body, which did not exist in the original shot, 
but they also had to try to make it look like he was going up and over, and the motion blur just doesn't work. They could have literally just had Han Solo walk behind Jabba and not step on his tail, and I wouldn't have. I just would have wrote, his, wouldn't have written it off. But his gait would have changed behind him. Don't care. I would have been fine with it. You can call it a plot hole or whatever you want to call it. I don't care. I thought it was stupid. I think it's funny. I mean, but yeah. But yeah. Uh, Han Whoa! Solo. Solo! <laughs> Um. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but I I also like that this movie it, it starts in the action right away. Yeah, and you get to see it from the very unique perspective from the droids' perspective of three PO and R two and their bickering and their banter as the conflict is going on around them. I yeah. think that that was a really good way to build up the scene in the uh-huh. beginning rather than just have it be your classic action movie where it's just the big battle. You know, with all these characters that you don't know. Yeah. And that was a perfect way to also bring in our most iconic villain, Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. He, right from the get-go, has such a command presence when he when he's on the set. Yep. And I think that his costume design is perfect for that. You know, he, he towers over everyone around him. When he's holding Captain Antilles by one hand and just holding him, choking him. Uh-huh. This is a consulate ship! We're on a diplomatic mission. If this is a consular ship, then where is the ambassador? <laughs> Tear the ship apart and bring me the passengers. I want them alive. Or if you're on the set on the day, Tear the ship apart. If you find any passengers, <laughs> I want them alive. <laughs> the Scottish guy that oh played him. Oh my god. That uh, was funny. If you've ever seen that footage, I do believe it's in the uh, the, the documentary Empire of Dreams. Yeah. Uh, on Disney Plus. They're like, is this what he's gonna sound like? Tear the ship apart. It's so funny. It's it does not fit Darth Vader at all, and that's why I like that James Earl Jones's voice mm-hmm. is is for Darth Vader. It's uh, perfect. It's good. Yeah, but he brings he brings a lot of character to Darth Vader, and it's good too because Darth Vader is a character with no face mm-hmm. at this point in the game. So did uh, you know it, that? James Earl Jones grew up in Alabama, uh, getting bullied for a stutter. Oh, I had, did know about his he stutter. Had, he had a speech impediment, and then he said, "You know what? I'm going to turn my voice into multi millions of dollars." Oh yeah. Um, this is kind of our neighbor. His son-in-law uh, is this guy named Eric. I know he watches the show sometimes, and I know Call Out Connor watches the show. So shout out to you, Call Out. But um. He used to do security for things like the NRA conventions and things like that. He's done security for Ted Nugent, but another person he did security for was James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones was wow. in town and he was his security guard for the day. And he was like, I would like to go to a, a, a gun store. So he took him to a gun store and he was basically his bodyguard while he was there. I think it was like, I don't know where it was. It was somewhere down South. That's so, so funny. That's yeah. cool. That's super cool. Mm-hmm. So that, Vi- vicariously i kind of know james <laughs> that is real. super cool yeah um but yeah i, I do want to uh also talk about the world building that this first movie just the did. throwaway lines that lead to another prequel <laughs> like uh the there's a line one of the most profound to me is where uh they're on the death star and darth vader is by the millennium falcon and he just goes i sense something a presence i have not felt since and then he just walks away, just turns and walks away. When you're watching the movie, you're probably just like, huh? Because yeah. it seems really awkward and, and unnatural. But 
Now, especially after watching the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, you know exactly what's going through Vader's head in that moment right there. Mm-hmm. There is, and, and I don't, I wouldn't call it panic per se, but it's definitely, he, he is like, he realizes in that moment, oh man, Obi-Wan Kenobi is on the Death Star. I have to locate him immediately. Yeah. And then, cause he doesn't realize that he's on the ship. He thinks that he's got off it somehow. I do like too. there's a scene between Vader and Grand Moff Tarkin where they're talking to each other and Tarkin's like, Obi-Wan is definitely dead. There's no way he, that he lived this long. Like you're, you're tripping. And Vader's like, no, I'm not bro. It's the power of the force. I, I never got like, cause that, the line that Vader says, like when he's in like that little meeting with all his like moths and stuff and you see Colonel Yularen, which is another really kind of cool deep seated Again, detail. then he became a, like a, a supporting character in an animated show. In the Clone decades Wars. Decades later. And then he's a supporting character that's built Rebels. up even more in Rebels and in the Thrawn books. He's utilized a ton. Um, but when the guy's like, your your devotion to that old hokey religion will not help you conjure up the stolen data tapes. And then Vader starts choking him. I never got it that he was making fun of the words he said that when he says, I find your lack of faith disturbing because he was like saying that your devotion to this old religion. I, um, I never got that until like I was older. And when I did, I was like, ah, it's funny. It's a, but it, and it also makes Vader's like, like backhanded joke to Krennic in Rogue One more in character try not to choke on your aspirations director yeah i oh it's darth vader is a character that is so iconic and so well done i feel like i was gonna say you he could breathe and it would be iconic but guess what it is it is <laughs> so... um i i thought it was cool how darth vader's armor how they had to make it so that you can't see reflections and everything because it's it's really difficult with reflective mm. armor to make it so you can't see the cameras and stuff yep so that was that was a, a they had to jump through a lot of loopholes to make this film yep um, and that's exactly what they did with uh, captain phasma as well in uh force awakens her armor is super like scratched up and not shiny because they were like we can't get our reflection out of it when we shoot and then they learned how to do it for episode eight and then they killed her and it was never and now she's again. dead but who knows? Any Star Wars character that falls down a pit, I don't want normally Captain lives. Come back! I do not want them to come back. Sir, so, the villagers kill them all. Kill them all. Um, let's see. What else do I like about this movie? Again, I like that it's a dirty, lived-in universe. Uh, I know that it caught some flack when sci-fi it is supposed to be out, clean. But... Well, if you compare it to Star Trek, Star Trek is super clean super pristine pristine everything is is very orderly and you look at star wars and whether it's tatooine or the millennium falcon or anything that's not imperial it's lived in it has a feeling and i feel like that gives it more realism in a sense Uh it's because star wars is not sci-fi uh contrary to the belief of many it is fantasy star wars is not trying to explain to you how a lightsaber works star wars is not trying to explain to you the dynamics of the force and you know i know they try to they, they do the midichlorians thing in the prequels but but the, the the goal of star wars is to tell a story it is not in a fantastical world it's not to explain away every detail of how everything works yeah you know that's for the visual dictionaries if you really are into that stuff yep but i, I do like you know 
just the different species, especially in the cantina scene. Nobody had ever seen anything like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, fun fact, actually, they uh, they had to use Halloween costumes for a lot of the costumes in the cantina <laughs> because I don't remember if it was they ran out of money or if they ran out of time, but they just didn't have as many costumes or people as they wanted as George wanted in on the set. So he had them just go to like basically like party city, get some cheap Halloween costumes and paint them and alter them ever so slightly and just have people walk around in those. That's funny. Yeah, isn't that funny? Like obviously like not the hammerhead or anything like that, but uh different other characters like the dude in the spacesuit. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. No, that spacesuit that oh, what movie was that from? Oh, it's from another movie. Uh I I rem Oh I don't I don't know why I'm thinking Doctor Who, but I know it's not Doctor Who. It might be. I gotta look this up. It, look at what is Bosk's because it's the same costume Bosk has. Yeah. What costume does Bosk's costume come from? Um, but yeah, I do like again, like the universe is very lived in. It feels more real again, like when you're jumping into a universe where you're already in it and, it, and not every detail has to be explained to you. I like that. It makes me feel smart as a viewer. You know, I hate when things. Just... It is from Doctor Who. Let's go. Okay. Okay. So uh, I, I hate when things just get explicitly explained to you, like every story beat, like they tell you exactly. The character will say exactly why they're doing what they're doing. I don't need to know that all the time. Like mm -hmm. you can infer these types of things, you know. So uh, I don't know. That's just kind of where I'm coming from with that. But. Mm -hmm. Can I talk about the making of it? You can. You may. Yes. You may. I I don't, I don't think anybody can point out to me a movie that was more fundamental to modern filmmaking, period. Because people are going to point to, oh, you got to look at this movie because it was the first one that had top-down shots because you could see the ceiling and everything else was... No, 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 no. Nothing, I don't think any movie has influenced the way movies are shot, the way movies are told, the way movies are just portrayed to an audience, the way movies are marketed, the way movies have toys. Nothing. Nothing compares to Star Wars, like, at all. And I find it absolutely fantastic because that's one of the things I love about Star Wars is the fact that they're always pushing the boundaries yeah. of what is filmmaking and what we know. Especially with most, rec most recently, we have like the development of the volume for The Mandalorian. In the prequels, we had blue screens and full CG characters. And in this, we had the ability to... You would take a shot and then you do a red pass and a blue pass of it. And then you put them together and then you cut out what you want. And then when you had your actual film, then you just stick it on there because then there'd be a hole in it so that way you would have the piece that you wanted so like for a shot like in empire strikes back with the millennium falcon doing this through like some asteroids each one of those asteroids has to be like a separate piece like in a separate thing so there's like 300 to like 500 different exposures just for like five seconds of film and it's like the amount of work that would go into that is absolutely insane who would think of that who would have and that's why I, I commend George Lucas. And, you know, he's not just the storyteller. He's the innovator. Mm -hmm. And that is a big deal with Star Wars. He couldn't find a company that could do what he wanted to do with this film. So, so he, he said, <laughs> I'm gonna make my own company. And now it is the most revered visual effects company ever. Mm -hmm. And it, it ILM is is still and it was kind of funny uh, when the company started, it was just a bunch of people like just a bunch of a bunch of dudes a bunch of hippies you know that didn't know hey we you, you can't really do this they're like 
Yeah, we can. I think we can. Let's make it happen. Hey, hey, there are these impossible... I have a laundry list of impossible things that have never been done before in film. I, figure out how to do them. You have a year. Less than that. Mm-hmm. And that's how it went. They had to figure it out on the fly, and it was messy, and it was expensive, and they messed up a lot, but... And then we got that motion control rig, so you could actually duplicate the shots over and over again perfectly, because you wouldn't move the... You would pro... And the fact is... Is it wasn't like you press a button, you're like up, down, left, right. You'd have to type out lines of code. Computers weren't home things at this point. Half of these people had to learn how to do this stuff on the fly, or they just already kind of like knew how to do it because they worked at like an office space that like a bank. That and that's had, why it's that cool had, that like, a lot online. of it, a lot of it was practical effects. And it's well, another thing that keeps that story, I think, makes it look better than the sequels you can say whatever you want about you know cg is great and you know the the things that you can do with cgi in the 21st century is amazing but But, there's something about having a physical ship on screen that makes you go it's tangible and you can it's there's more weight to its presence and it's like it looks real yes and that's a physical model like moff gideon's light cruiser in the mandalorian season two is a physical model Mm-hmm. that's something that and, and when they have those those close-up shots of the ship yeah and the razor crest too when they have those close-up shots of the ships they look more tangible because they are actual real models mm-hmm. instead of uh cgi renders mm-hmm. you know and i think that that's something that really sets this series aside from other stuff mm-hmm. and it's um and lots of people are like oh cg looks bad looks bad looks bad you forget out of maybe like a thousand shots in a movie, you maybe see two or three that look bad. And then you're like, Oh, all the CG is bad. There's this wonderful thing that I've, I've been what I watch corridor a lot. And they talk a lot about invisible CGI where it's like an effect that just happens and you don't even notice a movie that I just watched as a great uh, example of this is 1917. If you haven't watched that movie, that's a good movie. So good. Very good movie. And it's shot as it, it's like a one shot movie. Like there's no cut. Well, there's one cut, but there's like not really any cuts in it. So it feels like one kind of like long day and one long, it, it feels cohesive and it's amazing, but practically you can't do that when you make a film. And there's one scene, which is, at, it's crazy. It's right when him, uh, the two main characters are in no man's land and they slide into a uh, crater and they look over and they go, okay, let's go. It cuts. And then there's CG doubles climbing out of the crater and then the shot starts again. And you literally can't tell. It is so well done. It's like, it's things like that that people just, they wouldn't notice and then they'll see like one thing like, oh, he jumps into a crater and you can tell there's a cut because it switches to a CG him. CG, this movie's bad, I could tell. I'm like, you noticed one thing out of like a thousand. Nitpicking. Nitpickers. But, uh, this movie also does a great thing that I really like, and I like that they've kept up with it, is the idea of orchestral themes for yeah. different characters. That is... I like, and, and it's literally to the point now, because of a character like Luke Skywalker or Princess Leia or Darth Vader, all you have to do is hear a motif from one of those pieces. And then you'll, you know and exactly... And you're like, oh, that's a reference to this character. And it's like... No other series can achieve something like that. Mm-hmm. You you just can't. And the fact that Star Wars did that, and again, in something that's so otherworldly, that's another way that A New Hope really makes you feel 
like this universe is so much more tangible mm -hmm. because it's familiar sounds while you're looking at unfamiliar things. Mm -hmm. So that's another way that the movie really just makes you feel like, oh, this is real. Mm -hmm. Like I'm invested. I'm immersed. And whether it's the world building, the music, the filmmaking, you know, all that stuff. Um, but I did also want to talk about the design of the Imperial Stormtroopers because yeah, making suits of armor completely unique to anything that's ever been designed. And they're like, well, make it kind of look like bones. And yeah. And, and, and taking something like that and then having your heroes disguise as them for a good segment of the movie mm -hmm. is so cool. That's just such a neat little concept. And now they do it in every star Wars property which mm -hmm. ever exists. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's something that's classic star Wars now, but mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's just, there's so many little fine details like that. Like the fact that the stormtroopers have a utility belt and Luke Skywalker takes the, the cable from the utility belt to grapple him and Leia across the gap, mm. you know, or the fact that the stormtrooper, um, the stormtroopers on the back of their belts have like a thermal detonator, yeah. you know, or the like, that's just something that's there. That was always there. It was an intended design. Mm -hmm. um, like you said, they, they're supposed to look like skeletons. You know, the, the pure white is supposed to, to give you a sense of intimidation and death. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, again, that's something that it's like, to me is, is super cool that this was all intentional from the very beginning, mm -hmm. you know, um, are you gonna say something? No, I was yawning. Oh, <laughs> um, I don't know. This this movie to me is is something that's really special, and uh, I think that a lot of fans tend to overlook the movie because it's the oldest movie, and there are a lot more movies that are newer, and they have you know a lot of the CGI and the filmmaking is is newer, so it's not so grainy. I think that sometimes a new hope gets overlooked because when people say original trilogy. A lot of people think Empire first. And yeah. Empire is a phenomenal movie. We'll be talking about that next week. We will be talking about Empire next week. But I don't gush all over it. Um, <laughs> but uh, again, though, like I think that A New Hope should always get the recognition that it deserves. Mm -hmm. Because there would be no Empire if A New Hope was not so was not so good. Ima like I can only imagine being a person in, in the 70s, walking into the movie theater to watch this movie, having never seen it before. Mm -hmm. Just going, oh, I guess I'll watch Star Wars. Sounds cool. And just like, again, the opening crawl, like you don't see stuff like that, you know? And then mm. the, the over the shot where the, the star destroyer comes over the camera above Tatooine. Like, again, like that's another thing where it's like, wow, that's so neat. That's so neat. Yeah. Imagine, cause especially it's the seventies. People were always high. You gotta bet half the people went to that movie high and they were like, <laughs> and then like on top of that too like again like this movie introduced uh, a, a character that doesn't talk like Chewbacca he's an yeah. alien and he says no English words you know and then you have unless you watch the, the you're there on the set on the day and that old man's mad <laughs> old man's gone mad imagine if he was just like an English be an English person and uh, he talked uh, <laughs> like that but yeah I think that's super cool and like R2-D2 and 3PO, like these different personalities that these droids have. The Jawas, the Sand People, you know, it's just, there's so much to this movie. There would be no Tika's Trading Post if it wasn't. There would be no Tika's Trading Post, you know? Um, I think all this stuff is phenomenal and, and just like, so like at Galaxy's Edge, you have blue milk because they were drinking blue milk. You know, there's so much to this movie that's just so special and so unique. Mm -hmm. And can we talk about 
the trench run, yeah, the Death Star scene, that was so friggin' cool, dude. Mm. Like, the fact that they came up with these designs for not just the TIE Fighters, but also for X-Wings. Like, the fact that where they lock S-Foils in attack position. Mm. Oh, good, it's an X. But, uh... <laughs> But like again, like it's cool because it's like shot like a dogfight in like a World War II fighter pilot movie, but it doesn't feel like that. You know, I don't get that vibe because yeah. it is so uniquely Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, gravity doesn't work the same, so the ships can go whatever direction they want. You know. Yeah. Um, I just again like the idea of coming up with like the fact that Darth Vader has his own unique Tie Fighter that he uses yeah. or the fact that there's different classes of fighters that do different things. Um, just to me is like so special and so cool. Yeah. And, uh, overall I give it a 10 out of 10. Overall, I give it the highest possible score that I could give it. Um, but yeah, so that's, uh, that's all we got to say about a new hope. If you would like to share your thoughts on a new hope, I think that you would, you should do that because, uh, we'll talk to you about it. And uh, Jacob, yeah, I have a question of the day. Oh, what would be your land vehicle of choice in the Star Wars universe? Hmm. Give me a minute to think on that. What are you thinking? Could be a speeder. Could be a walker. Could be like anything. I'm going to go ahead and say. Oh, I know what I'm going to say. What? Go ahead. Speeder bikes. Speeder bikes? Which one, though? Episode 6, obviously. Ah, uh, the brown yeah. ones? Yeah. The, that was, for the longest time, that was, like, my favorite thing in all of Star Wars. Like for Really? Vehicles. That's I thought, cool. I Because I love the scout troopers. I loved how they looked. I loved that scene with the speeder bikes. And now I'm in the process of trying to get my motorcycle license, pretty much only because of that. <laughs> it's going to be like... Yeah, that is a cool one. Yeah. I would honestly say... I'm stuck between two. I like the ATDPs from Rebels. Are they are they ATAPs? No, yeah. ATDPs. That's what they are from Rebels, where they have the big turret and like the yeah cone shaped head. Um, or I would say uh, the ATTE. I, I, Clone Wars. I was pretty sure that you were gonna say ATRT. Oh no, that's definitely what it is then. Yeah, yeah. ATRTs. Those are so cool. Those have always been my favorite. I, I was like, I was surprised that you didn't say it because you yeah. said AT both times. I was like, RT. Yeah, dude, the ATRTs. Oh man, yeah, those are my favorite. Those are just so neat to me. Like yeah. they're so fast, they're so agile. It's like Velociraptors. Yeah, but you're also like so exposed when you're in it, but you have to be because you're so quick. Yeah, I I love it. It's I like love a miniature the ATS mm-hmm. Mace Windu rides on one, you know. Mm. But uh, yeah, that's a good one. So, And then our last little piece of this episode we have this week is an interview um, done with Harrison Ford. And we earlier we were talking about actors that do not like Star Wars. And um, we have this one here. I with... can't believe he said this stuff. And, and you know, we all know that uh, Harrison Ford hates Star Wars. This has always been a thing. And um, I think that... Uh, if you could, if you could talk, why try to pull it up? So, it, it it's no it's no surprise, it's no secret that Harrison Ford is no longer a fan of Star Wars. It, even though it's made him all of his money, it's shaped him as an actor. It's led him to be in so many different movies and roles because he retired after American Graffiti, and he was literally doing carpentry yes. when they were doing casting 
for, uh, for A New Hope. And then George was like, do you want to come in and read some lines for like a couple of minutes? I'll pay you. And he was like, okay. And then George liked it so much that he decided that he was going to be Han Solo in the movie. Yep. So despite the fact that this man has made millions, probably billions of dollars just off this movie that he was in in the 70s, he hates it. He doesn't like being called Han Solo. Because he can't escape it. Yeah. Um, so he was recently, he did an interview with who? Hard Drive. Hard Drive. Hard Drive. And um, it just, it, Tommy, let's just read what he had. I think, I think there are a couple parts that I really wanted to look at here. Um, let's see where I can find it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, let's see. I'm looking here. I'm looking here. I'm looking here. Oh, here we go. It's the, the interviewer asks Harrison Ford, what is Han Solo's favorite color? Pretty playful, lighthearted line. And uh, Harrison Ford responds, I wish George Lucas would die. I fantasize often about his death. I used to imagine myself being the one to kill him. My hands slowly close around his throat as he yelps like one of his disgusting little creatures. These days, I'm not so selfish. I don't need to be the one to do the job. I just need him gone from this earth. George, if you're reading this, and I know you are, I hope you die. Mm -hmm. And then they proceed to ask him more questions um, about Star Wars, and Harrison Ford just begins to completely disregard whatever the interviewer is saying. Mm. And uh, he just answers stuff like, maybe it's not selfish. Maybe I need to do the world this service. Um, he says, I made up my mind. I am going to kill George Lucas. I, Harrison Ford, am going to kill George Lucas. Um, I'm taking my life back into my own hands. Um, uh, he said there's blood on, he tells the, the interviewer that there's blood on both their hands because the interviewer apparently gave him the idea that he wanted to kill George Lucas. Mm -hmm. um, and then at the end, the interviewer says, what was Carrie Fisher like? And, and Harrison Ford says she was a good kid. And that was when they stopped recording um, kind of what the interview was being said. Yeah, so um, How the Mighty Have Fallen. It's uh, it's really sad. Um, so I keep your eyes on the newspaper any day now for something yeah, about, yeah. like an obituary. Maybe like a, or maybe like a lawsuit. You know, for terroristic threats or something like that. Mm -hmm. Watch um, People magazine; they're probably gonna have something. People, yeah, or Vanity Fair or something yeah. like that. But Vanity Fair has the the pictures of George's corpse. Yeah. So. No, that'd be a TMZ thing. That'd be a yeah, that'd be a Vice thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, so that's I mean that's a how the many have fallen. Yeah, that's a pretty scary thing. So you know, I I think that there's a point where you know we have jokes and then there's a point where we these, have terroristic threats. We have terroristic threats. So. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, if he killed George Lucas, that would make for a good podcast, but, mm -hmm. you know, but yeah. So with that being said, um, everybody, we hope you all have a wonderful week and yeah. Jacob, take us out on our laundry list. So uh, thank you all for sticking with us this long. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode. We do. Um, if you did, please leave a comment. Let us know what you think about episode four and uh, let us know what your favorite Star Wars movie is. Uh, if it's episode four, if it's episode five, if it's episode eight, we don't care. We just want to hear it. We want to hear from you. Um, also, if you haven't already, make sure that you are following us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Um, Instagram is where we're going to be announcing our 500 subscriber giveaway, how you can win. It'll probably be something along the line of uh, comment, share, subscribe, things like that. Um, and then we'll just pick a winner through that. We might do like a Wheel of Death on a Sunday or something like that. Um, we'll, we'll have to hash it out and figure, we'll figure out. it out. We'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. So please make sure that you're on Instagram and uh, keeping vigilant to that, especially the closer we get to that 500 subscriber mark. Also, please, if you haven't already, go watch Tika's trading post, share it with all of your friends. 
Um, I really, I spend a lot of time on that video and I'm really happy with the feedback that we're getting so far. I want to see it go to the moon. And also consider joining our Patreon because Jacob is going to be posting blooper reels every week to, uh, or yes. whenever we have blooper reels, you know, maybe we'll compile them over a month or so mm -hmm. um, in the future, but we do have a blooper reel ready to go up on Patreon. For, so it's going to be, our, it's, by the time you're watching this, it's already out. It came yeah. out on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. So if you are in the Patreon, then you have access to that. Yeah. So all, all tiers of the Patreon are, are have access to that mm -hmm. um but yeah uh other than that make sure you again if you didn't say discord make sure you join join our discord yep. um and make sure you know you get in sub and all those giveaways and you know all that good stuff mm -hmm. but um because 13 13 13 is the most generous podcast we do we try our best to give back to our community so everybody this has been another episode of the most mediocre podcast in the star wars universe I'm Tommy. I'm Jacob. And, and we, we hope you. that we see you <laughs> next week. <laughs> Goodbye, Bye everybody. Bye. I can't stop dabbing. I can't stop dabbing. Dude, Jacob, dude, I can't stop, stop dabbing. Dude, stop. Da 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 da